We gotta go to the bullpen. Hello listeners and a warm welcome to the Highland Bullpen Baseball and Sports Podcast. Our bullpen bros will give a uniquely Scottish take on America's pastime. And in terms of baseball knowledge, it doesn't matter if you're a Hall of Famer heading for Cooperstown or you're fresh out of the minor leagues. This is the podcast for you. So, third weekly review of the Major League Baseball season. And the three of the bullpen bros are here tonight to chat about it. Richard has unfortunately been placed on the 10-day injury list. He's talking about a bad back, but we're not quite sure if it's an old firm Scottish Cup hangover. But we hope to welcome him back before the 10 days is out, and hopefully he'll make a quick recovery uh, for next week, and we'll catch up with him then. So we'll kick off tonight. I'll be asking the, the guys about their heroes and villains of the week. Last week saw Jackie Robinson Day, a day when every player in Major League Baseball wears number 42 in recognition of the great Jackie Robinson. Indeed, Yorkshire Dave is displaying his Red Sox t-shirt with 42 on it just now as well in in honour of Mr. Robinson. The first black man to play Major League Baseball, selected for the Dodgers. Um, One of the criteria they they picked him on was he would have the guts not to answer back. Uh, And I think in light of some of the UEFA rulings on racism recently, that sort of got my back up a little bit that 70-odd years later, people are expected still to have the guts not to answer back or not to respond. Uh, that, to be quite honest, shouldn't be happening. So I think in one sense, there is no doubt as to who the hero of last week would be, Jackie Robinson. But we do potentially have baseball play heroes, as young Dave might like to talk us through something exciting that happened in the world of the White Sox. Young Dave, I'll take that every day of the week. Thanks, Alan. It's comparative on this podcast only. <laughs> yeah, first off, Jackie Robinson, as someone relatively new to baseball, uh, you know, I'd heard the name a little bit over the years, and I didn't quite realise the impact until in specifically the last year or so. Watching the film, which again, everybody should go out and watch, 42, right, with Chadwick Boseman, great, great film. Not overplayed in any way. I think um, a lot of aspects are underplayed, but um, it's just a, it's a good story, and it's a, I think it's apparently a very fair rep- representation of, of what the man and his family went through. Um, but again, the more and more that you hear about him, there's a really good documentary as well called um, "Letters from Jackie," which might be available on the MLB website. I don't know that one. It's really quite good. It's it's based on he's a big big letter writer, which. Of the time, uh, it was just slightly ahead of, of Twitter, um, but he would he would write letters uh, and receive you know replies from presidents, from fans, um, yeah. and he kept up real good correspondence with people. Um, and again, a lot of these people kept these letters. And it, I think when you read, or sorry, when you watch the documentary and, and, and hear the letters being read out, uh, a, a real a hell of a man. Um, I, I know this might be sacrilege to to not idolise the man. For this next sentence, but I'd love to, you know, Jackie Robinson Day. I'd love, I'd love the MLB to explore that even more and start talking about the, the other black men that followed in his footsteps. Who was the second black man? The third? The fourth? Um, how did they feel about coming into the MLB? Um, and, and what sort of impact did they have? 
because we do focus on Jackie and quite rightly so. Um, but I think it'd be great to hear about and from those those other men that he, that he blazed the trail for. Now, I'm not sure if you've ever looked into it at all, Alan. One thing I would recommend our listeners follow on Twitter, there's uh, there is a Negro Leagues baseball museum in Kansas City, uh, and they've got an excellent Twitter site run by Bob Kendrick. Uh, they did a YouTube series last year with 20 different episodes, very short episodes, five minutes, good viewing, uh, talking through a number of aspects of the leagues. Uh, and, and I would recommend that. But yeah, it's an interesting point about developing Major League Baseball discussion beyond Jackie. But th- that's a fantastic museum. It's certainly on my list for when I get to Kansas City to tick that stadium off. One day, who knows, the, the four of us may get along together yeah, uh, and do the tour. Um, but sorry, coming back to your point about uh, Carlos, who I accept he can take a second place uh, to Jackie uh, in the Heroes of the Week. So again, for, the, for those that weren't aware, so Carlos Rodon, um, a White Sox pitcher, and from really, from out of nowhere, he threw a no-hitter. Um, I don't know where, kid. I don't know where. <laughs> to, to lead the Masters, he did very well. Um, so he threw a no hitter against the, the tribe, you know, Cleveland Indians uh, in the last week. Uh, a game that the White Sox won, naturally, given that statistic. Mm. There's a whole lot of information around that. You know, I, I sat and watched Giolito throw a no hitter last season. This one came relatively quickly into the season. It's a very rare occurrence for those that are new to the game. Um, it's quite something to watch and I think regardless of which team you support, whenever you watch a team celebrate a no-hitter or a perfect game, it's probably unlike any other occurrence in a baseball game other than winning a pennant or winning a World Series. There seems to be absolute mass jubilation uh, at someone making that, uh, achieving that feat as opposed to winning a game can quite often just count down to the last out and okay that's great we won on to the next one there's a real a moment perhaps the only other thing similar maybe a walk-off home run when there's that absolute jubilation and it's it was great that this year Rodon had that moment with the fans where he could celebrate that as well so a couple of quick stats about the game apparently so so Carlos he did have shoulder surgery he was the third pick around about seven years ago and he said pretty injury-laden career um, and one of those injuries is the, is the really common injury with with pitchers. Again, yourself and Dave might be in a better position to talk through, but Tommy John's surgery. Yeah. So this is really, really common for pitchers, but he is the quickest. Uh, he's the first man uh, after having Tommy John's surgery to throw a no-hitter only two years after that injury. So that's, that's quite something uh, to celebrate. He was actually he was two outs away from throwing a perfect game when when the batter with, with only two outs remaining was hit by pitch and therefore went to first base. So again, for listeners out there, the, a perfect game is, is even rarer than a no-hitter. And the thing that I find that I found really remarkable about that is that you're moments away, you're, you're potentially two balls away from a, a perfect game and that collapses in front of you. But you still find the sort of the gumption to see through the next few pitches, and indeed, I think he, he threw a few cracking pitches after that to not only get over losing a perfect game, but uh, in 
reaching the achievement of a no-hitter. So I think uh, for a guy that was cut from the White Sox during the winter, he was told, you know, we're looking for someone else. He's had injuries over the years, bad injuries. And to come back and get that moment, I think that's that's pretty special. Can I just, you know, two, two points I want to follow up on there. Um, in, in Yorkshire, Dave might be well-placed to answer this, but I'm right in thinking that I know this is probably quite simple, but I know hitter, batters still hit the ball, but they just don't get to base. And yeah. it's, a, it's a no-hitter because they don't hit the base, yes? Yes. Yeah. So okay. you can still make contact, but you can be... You know, the ball could fly out to centre field. Yeah. And you caught out. Yeah. yeah. And, I, and I think that's, I mean, it's that contradicts my theory about American using terminology that works well because it's a never reaching base game. So, um, fair play. That's probably because it makes sure our, our new, new, new people new to the game understand that. I was going to ask in terms of villains, Dave, Yorkshire Dave, there was an incident near the end of the no hitter where. The Indians player, the Indians challenged a call, I believe, which was a bit contentious. Do you have any thoughts on that? And is that something that qualifies people to become villain of the week? Yeah, I was just trying to think back. I can't remember what it was, but um, the incident when the um, the guy got to base to ruin his his perfect game was... I mean, he was hit by the pitch, and he couldn't disguise it because it must have hurt. It was it just hit, it only just hit him, didn't it? Right on the sort of I don't know the big toe of his right foot, I think. And he, you know, he, he, he couldn't sort of contain. He was in pain. So uh, I don't know if if it had just brushed it. You've seen one or two um, instances where players have been hit by a pitch, but it's just it's just sort of brushed their glove. And they've gone to first base. I think if that would have happened, he might not have, you know, wanted to to take the okay. Pitch. Dave, um, can you remember what it was? Because I was uh, I was amazed that they had challenged it. Yeah, I think you're spot on. Um, I he was well and truly hit in the foot by the pitch. I don't think there was also. You had some outrage online. Oh, did he lean into the pitch or did he, no did, he did he move himself? He was just hit by a pitch. It's just unfortunate um, that, that it happened. So I, I wouldn't have him as a villain at all. Okay. Uh, okay. That, yeah, that, but there was that, another incident, wasn't there, in um, so, before that, where there was a challenge made and did it go to the video? It did, sorry. Um, yeah, there was a. And, uh, there were, was it? Was something like eight nil down, was it? So um, the, the, they made a challenge, and nobody seemed to um, be wanting to criticise the the manager for doing it. But I thought that was a bit off. Yeah, I, I think we'll, we'll come on to a few things later, and we're talking about a little bit of sporting integrity for baseball. Um, but you're right; that was in the first out of the ninth inning, and yeah. Jose Abreu he made a great play. Um, and getting across to, to get him out, and he, he legitimately got the the runner out. Um, but yeah, they did challenge the call. It, it was called out at first base, and it took a few minutes just to make sure. Um, but the umpire's decision remained. But um, very close. But yeah, you, you'd think you're eight 0 down. I don't know. Um, you're going for a what was, yeah. was that the the Indians bench made that call to challenge it. It's not an automatic. Review, but I think the runner, the hitter, yeah, um, 
he, he claims he, he did. He was furious. <laughs> um, yeah, no, so he was. Nobody he was wants to be on the end of a of a pumping and a and a no hitter and an eight 0 defeat. But there's, yeah, yeah, that that maybe doesn't leave the best taste in the mouth. And, and maybe given that it's on the other end of a historic evening for the White Sox within the bullpen, we might be quite content to give that Cleveland Indian runner a bit of stick for that. And let let let's do it. Let's not. Let's stand up for our boys. <laughs> I don't think we're about to stand up for our boys because I think the next entry on the villain list, <laughs> I don't know if, uh, if it's yourself or Dave wants to talk about them. But... Yeah, your manager and his pitching selection in the last game against the Red Sox, where you were, you got well and truly pumped in that game, but the Yorkshire segment of the bullpen were, were celebrating. But there's some pitching... Pitching changes at the end of the game from the White Sox. What's yeah. your, your thoughts on that, Dave? I wouldn't say um, villain as such. You know, I think it's entirely uh, you know acceptable. But I was surprised you just can't keep uh, your, your man Mercedes out of the game. He was brought up to pitch the um, eighth inning, and um, I think I've, I think I've checked since, and uh, you know he has pitched before, like a lot of baseball players, you know, they grow up, uh, same, same in cricket, you know, you do see specialist batsmen, you know, like Joe Root, the England captain, specialist batsman, but he's an extremely good slow right-hand bowler, because, you know, I think he can spin it both ways, like, you know, which is nice. <laughs> and, you know, he gets test wickets, and uh, yeah. likewise, your man Mercedes is a pitcher, but you know, and I I just wondered about that. I'm not sure I've seen that before. I'm not sure it's, you know, I, th- I think it's, I think it's a done thing, occasionally. But he loaded the bases, didn't he? And I thought, well, and he did. He did get the out in there. He gave up a run, but he get. It was almost a grand slam, wasn't it? I mean, I just thought he didn't seem the sort of guy who would be affected by that. But supposing it did, you know, it did go into a grand slam and. Uh, but then, you know, jokingly, I texted uh, Dave and I says, who's, who's, who's the wee guy in the wee Maddie? Is he going to pitch next? The next thing I know, it was Mendick was up pitching. I thought, this is getting a bit of a, of a joke. He's obviously trying to save his bullpen. And I would say um, Alex Cora, who, by the way, unashamedly, is my hero of the week, hero of the season, this is a way to save your bullpen. Get your starter to pitch 6.1 superb innings and then bring in a closer to close it off with 2.2 cracking innings. That's the way to save your bullpen. But um, Mr. Yeah, Cora has been doing that successfully over the start of the season as well, which has been a cracking start for the Red Sox. Yeah, I mean, I think that he is getting something going with the Red Sox. Um, the players are responding to him in a way that, you know, I really hope they would. He's, find, he's finding ways to win games. He's got, they're a good team. They've got good players and good teams. You know, he said himself, we're a good team. We may, may not be a great team, but we're a good team. We need to we need to improve. But finding ways to... To win games, he got, um, was it Ploiecki did a sacrifice bunt in a seven-inning game, power double header, which um, 
helps them go on to to win. Uh, they, you know, if one player is not making it, then another one steps up. And this is Boston sides recently have had this. You know, you had the JD Martinez who's been scoring um, for for fun. He's he went quiet. Then up steps Verdugo, not just uh, as a batter, but he made this amazing diving catch, which uh, you know. Uh, Heard it was compared to Benintendi's famous catch in the American League Championship Series in 2018. And I listened to a, a Red Sox podcast and they were talking about it. You know, it's sort of a bit old school um, baseball, putting the ball in play is the way uh, they put it. And also I think they've got what looks to me like a great team spirit you know, I suppose when you're a Red Sox fan, then, you know, you start off by wanting to like what they're doing. Uh, I don't know what fans who of other teams who are maybe not particularly fond of the Red Sox are thinking, but they've, they're leading the league in doubles and they seem to have a thing going where the guy gets to second base and he gives a wave to the dugout and all the dugout are waving back, which I, I find is fine. But the great thing is that the the home run laundry cart ride, and uh, this seems to be a thing in the dugout as well. When somebody yes. makes a, a home run, next thing you know, the camera's on him and he's <laughs> he's getting wheeled about in this uh, in the laundry cart, home or away. So I, I think he has got a good team spirit going. He's getting the best out of his players, and. What I really like about him, uh, I'm going to use the baseball expression here, he got tossed the other night. He got thrown out of the game and um, he was getting pretty unhappy with the umpires anyway. Uh, I'm not sure how serious it was. It was a bit of a serious incident. The It was a, it was a, I think the umpire gave a, a foul tip. It was a third, it would have been a third strike and he said that it was a foul tip and didn't give the strike. Now, I'm watching it on MLB, but it's the Boston commentary, and they couldn't believe it, and they showed it back, and he missed it by a mile. It's not a reviewable play. Alex Cora came out, gave him stick, but the, and got thrown out of the game. Now, umpires make mistakes, but where I... And the commentators picked up on it, and... They're sort of, you know, because there's no crowds there, you can hear what they're saying. And the home plate umpire, let's, let's call him now, Jordan Baker, I think it was, he's, he was heard to say, no one's going to overrule that. And, the, you know, because it wasn't reviewable by video, they got all the four umpires to check, and sure enough, they backed him up. So, yeah, I think he's here, and I think that's he's old school, isn't he? You don't see too many managers getting thrown out of the game these days. And yeah, I think that gets uh, respect of the players, and especially if he's out there protecting one of the yeah. players. So you know. you, you three things there, and I'll ask you to pick your, your favourite highlight of the Red Sox weeks out of them. So therefore, Cora standing up for his team and getting tossed, <laughs> the, the boys getting put through the laundry cart, along the dugout, the, the bench when when they get a home run. 
or, or nine in a row? What, what's your highlight? What's your personal highlight of the week? No, let's go for Cora getting thrown out of the game. because We, we love um, a bit of character. Yeah, yeah. I like him. And I think he's the difference. And, uh, you know, we don't know how long this, this uh, you know, good start is going to last. Um, but, um, you know, they, they've got the makings of a really good competitive team. Great. And young Dave, that your highlight of the week is probably fairly obvious, unless were there any other contenders? I, I was really quite pleased in going away to Boston uh, and coming back with, with two games, if I'm being quite honest. Um, yeah, you know, two short games, the seven inning games in the same day. Um, but I think against a team, well, Dave and I shared quite a few messages over the, the four days, and I, I really enjoyed watching the Red Sox hitters. I felt that every time someone stepped up to the plate, you know, they're packed with power, packed with personality as well. I just, I loved the, you know, <laughs> grudgingly, um, I, I spotted the wave thing. I didn't know what it was, um, but the shopping trolley type thing, that was fantastic. That was great. Again, it just adds something to your team. I loved seeing the Green Monster coming into play so often. There was quite a few times you're looking at it thinking any other stadium, that would be a home run, but you're looking at singles or doubles uh, and there was one really strange call. It mm. literally tipped the top and came back out. And I think they gave, there was, they weren't sure if it was going to be, the, the boys absolutely smashed the ball into oblivion and it clipped the very, very top of the green monster. And he'd stopped at first base because at that point the ball came back down. So they weren't sure, A, was he at first? B, was that a double? Or, yeah, I think that's what they initially gave. The, the yeah, and then I think ultimately was given a home run because right. the the line, which is a lot more obvious along parts of the Green Monster, actually melds into part of the standard. It's a bit more orange, but you could tell once they showed highlights of the, the line, it was a home run. And you do think to be deprived of something like that after you've smacked the hell out of a ball would kind of suck, so... Um, yeah, the commentary said you can you could you could tell by the sound it made that it hadn't hit the green monster because that's it's metal. I think they they refer to it as tin. I don't know whether it is tin or whether that's uh, but it's definitely metal. And I've I've seen it close up, and you can see it's sort of pop marked with all the balls that have hit it. I don't know how often they have to you know. Re realign it all, but um, yeah, you could see that the top of it there was the yellow wooden bar that goes on the top of the, the green monster, and then there was a, a padded bit because they've now got seats up there, haven't they? So there's a padded area where the first uh, row of seats is. So yeah, I don't know whether that um, is a good thing or a bad thing for. Hitters at Fenway. I've never really been quite able to work it out. I think it's supposed to favour right-handed hitters, the ballpark, even though some of their most famous hitters, and guess who I'm going to mention, <laughs> Ted Williams, were left-handed. But, yeah, I think it's supposed to, um, to favour right-handed batsmen. So... Good highlights from the guys from a couple of competitive teams there, the White Sox and the Red Sox. My own personal highlight, as I predicted last week, the Tigers would struggle when they went to 
Houston to play the Astros and they would get some good results against the in Oakland against the A's. So naturally, we swept the Astros and we got swept by the A's. So um, you'll, our listeners will now know that I do officially know nothing about baseball and even less about the Tigers. But sweeping the Astros in Houston, that's got to be a highlight. So delighted with that. So well done, the Tigers. We'll, we'll chat later about what we're going to see this week as well. That was AJ Hinch going back to the Astros. Back in Houston, yes. Yeah, because I, I, again, I listened to a Houston Astros podcast and they were, you know, they really like him and they were happy to see him back. Not so happy to get swept by him, but yeah, you know, he's obviously another good manager and, you know, there's a connection, isn't there, between Cora and. Uh, <laughs> And hence, you know, possibly villains to uh, a lot of people in baseball. But Alan, uh, on that note, with your predictions being so poor, you've got a series coming up against is it the Pirates? Pirates uh, and the Royals. Maybe not one of the oh Pirates and the Royals. Okay, give us your predictions then. You're currently six for ten. Where do you see yourself being after those two series? Well, it's another seven games, isn't it? So ten for thirteen. 10-13. You'd be pleased with that? A winning percentage out of the next Winning seven? percentage. Winning percentage. The Tigers can do that. Good. So when we look at the week in the fantasy world as well, and I continue to enjoy the fantasy baseball, and we've now, I think all of us are now getting into it, and actually we're all starting to understand what we're doing here as well. Um, we, we battled the Highland bullpen team of Mariners, Tigers, Red Sox and White Sox. We battled tea and tops last week and a very late RBI from Madrigal of the White Sox saw us catch up and overtake in the RBI section and we achieved a 5-5 tie so I think in the words of Yorkshire Dave we are undefeated and we will keep saying that until the the end of the end of it so this week up we have ducks across the pond uh, so we've we've actually surprisingly kicked off well they've not had many people out playing yet so we'll not reveal the score as to where we are but it, it looks good but obviously when the ERA from last night's game with the White Sox comes into fruition we might struggle a wee bit but looking forward to that. Players of the week I'm not even going to ask you your opinion for the pitching player of the week. We had Matty Boyd up again. We had him last week as a close shout this week Boyd got another win he got nine strikes an ERA of 1.93. He was a close call last week. So a, a Tigers pitcher doing that two weeks in a row. Matthew Boyd, you deserve to be our pitching player of the week. For batters, I've selected a player from each of the teams. Uh, Hernandez, the Red Sox, four runs, one homer, two RBI, average point three zero four. Eaton, three runs, one home run, four RBI and point two three eight. And Ramos of the Tigers, two runs, two home runs, four RBIs, and a point two zero eight. I think you've got there. So there's a wee bit of competition there amongst who should maybe be the batting player of the week, Dave. I, w- I would be really tempted to give it to Kiki. I, I enjoyed watching him as well during the, the four games. A great lead-off man. Um, really exciting to watch. Um, I, I think he, he may have had a homer at one point, straight off the bat. But 
yeah. Uh, he was he was good to watch. Uh, I, I didn't see any of, of the Tigers games, Alan, so you'll need to forgive me, but between the two socks, I would give it to Kike. And I think the most runs and the, the highest average deserves to win that. So He'll steal your base or two as well, aren't they? So he's, he's quite useful in that category. I didn't, I didn't actually check who won our stolen bases, but we we did okay in the stolen bases as well. So Yeah, but yeah. Anderson's good for stolen bases, mate. Yeah. And in the Highland Bullpen Fantasy League, there has been a little bit of drama at the top of the league, although um, I hate to say when he's not here, but the Sinking Mariners had a good night last night. So they've stretched their lead over the Roston Bed Sox <laughs> again. Detroit Tigers suck. And the white jocks trailing behind in third and fourth place. So we need to pull our socks up and get that Tigers roaring before we can get back to these guys as well. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm actually pleased with the commitment we're giving to our Highland bullpen team as we take on all comers in the UK Baseball Podcasting League. We we know where the real glory lies. It's been a good start. I think we're doing quite well. Yeah. I'm quite pleased because... You know, we, we're only picking guys from our team. Plus, you know, there's, there's uh, plenty of our best players have been taken by, you know, our opponents. And you know, I think last night, I think the guy picked up Davis, didn't he? And he was the only one who scored for him. Uh, the the, um, the Red Sox uh, third baseman. It is interesting. Uh, one of the things I'm now looking at is who our opponents have of our players, because I feel quite offended at, at times now that they're actually doing this. Uh, so, um, yeah, we will work on that. We will work on that. and but we, can, we can make trades, although I think we might be struggling to get some of the top players out of there. But we've got a good selection of players. I think we've worked out our strategy, so we're, we're good. And maybe just tying up this section, just a quick look at our social media week. So thank you to all our new followers. Uh, on on the Twitter land. Thank you to our listeners in Bermuda. Uh, We believe they may well be connected to the bullpen, so it's (laughs) exciting to to hear that. And it's we're we're proudly using the hashtag now, the Scots Herd around the world. So when you see that, you will know it is us. And a special thanks to Baseball Softball UK Twitter account, uh, running Baseball Softball in the UK. They've done a special feature on uh, official Twitter account for Baseball Softball UK. Done a special feature on all the podcasts in the UK, and we were delighted to be featured for the first time this year uh, as the northernmost baseball podcast in the UK. Uh, so delighted to receive that accolade. We'll be listening to some of the other podcasts on there, and we recommend you do it too as well. Thank you for that. Thank you.